Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to set the table for all your Sunday action. Laying out all the best bets. It's the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on the BetQL Network. Yes, it is going to be back once again, week five of the NFL season. And I must say, Grant, you know, in addition to this show, you and I are doing a little pick em through uh, through Odyssey and everything. And uh, I just want to point out, one of us is up uh, about four or five games on the other. I don't love that. And that's not even against the spread either. So no. the season is early. You get your crowing in right now. The hardware at the end of the year is what matters, my guy. That's right. That's right. No question. Now, at the end of this season – is Urban Meyer still coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars? We know the controversy in the last week or so, the video that surfaced from his own bar in Columbus, Ohio, after he decided to not take the flight back home with the team, which is virtually unheard of in the NFL. You just don't do that unless you have a major emergency or something like that. And he had the apology. You have the statement from Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, mentioning that, Urban Meyer has to regain the trust of his team. Not that things were going good on the field to begin with. Then you add this element into it, and Urban Meyer on some offshore books is listed as the favorite to be the first coach fired or leave at minus 200. I don't think you're surprised, Grant, to see those odds. No, he should be the favorite at this point because there's so much controversy swirling around him. I happen to believe he will last the season. This is a guy that succeeds everywhere he goes. I think to just up and walk away because people are being mean to you and you're embarrassed would look really embarrassing and really bad for a grown adult. So uh, he makes a lot of money. He's a big boy. I think he'll just keep showing up and going to work. The only way I could see him stepping down is if there was actually like a revolt from players, which I don't see happening. I think largely, largely, most of what's happened in Jacksonville since the beginning of the season has been overblown. The coverage of everything he's done has been pretty ridiculous, in my opinion. It's clear to me that a lot of people don't like this guy and want him to fail. And there's been a lot of piling on since day one uh, because that's what we do in the media now. Uh, We don't kind of cover things as if we don't have a horse in the race. We try to confirm priors and everyone uh, brings to their coverage how they feel about somebody. Having said that, this situation this week's a little bit different. He screwed up. It was ridiculous. Uh, He deserves to have to wear this one. And I think it should be open season because you can't not fly back with your players. You can't put yourself in that spot as the leader of an organization. But you know, by and large, I think a lot of the things we've made big deals about, these mountains have been molehills. Uh, I think he lasts the season. They almost beat the Bengals. Things would have been a lot different had they have done that uh, in that building, I think. Yeah, it's been a rocky start. I mean, go back to – you're right about the piling on because that's exactly what this was, had been for much of the offseason. But he also didn't do himself any favors, not just with this week, but we go back to his, what, the strength and conditioning coach that he hired from Iowa, the yeah. background. They could have just done some more digging, or at least they knew about it and they didn't think it would be a big deal. I mean, he just, he just did himself no favors 
to start, and then you said it at the end, Grant. Ultimately, if this team was four and zero instead of zero and four, it's a completely different dynamic and how people are judging Urban Meyer and the Jags. Yeah, I'm not saying everything he's done has been good, or even that everything he's done has been acceptable. I mean, some of the things you're mentioning, the training staff fiasco, like that's a ridiculous thing that shouldn't have happened, and he botched that. But there's a big difference between those types of missteps for a first-time NFL head coach and a guy being blown out four games into a tenure that's several years long. You know, not to mention, again, you know, we, we talk about um, like the record or how bad the team is. Never mentioned in the, that dialogue is how awful they've been for a long time, minus a little blip where they got to the AFC yeah, championship one-win team a year ago. This is what happens when a coach comes in. They lose a lot. They get their teeth kicked in, and week in and week out, he has negative, sad body language on the sideline. Look at how unhappy Urban Meyer looks. The heck do you want him to look like? His team's <laughs> terrible in their own four. Yeah. So I'm separating some of this from what happened this past week. I'm not defending that. That was absurd. And if you want to crush him for that, you should do it. But we've also crushed him because he tells players to hustle and get water. And we've also crushed him. Uh, for all kinds of nonsense. And I always sound like I'm some Urban Meyer defender. I wouldn't walk across the street to say hello to the guy if he was across from my house. I don't care about Urban Meyer. I just notice nonsense when I see it with coverage, and I think that the coverage of him has been a lot of people piling on a guy who's been successful for a long time because it's their chance to kick him in the ribs. And then you have Matt Nagy, who's actually the, the, the second best odds there on offshore books to – to be fire or leave early, plus 200. Mike Zimmer with the Vikings at plus 500. Then you go further down, Joe Judge, plus 700 with the New York Giants. Nagy's situation is really interesting because we, we know now he has named Justin Fields as the starting quarterback. It's something that, that had to be done. I think this, this was a no-brainer at this point in time, especially with the way Fields was able to look against Detroit. And I get it, it's Detroit, but still with what he was able to put together last week, it's the right move going forward. And I, I don't know if I would I would put any money on on Matt Nagy not making it through this season just because I look at their general manager situation and those two to me are tied together. I just don't know what the benefit of letting Matt Nagy go is if you're Ryan Pace, the general manager. At that point, I mean, aren't you kind of throwing in the towel essentially as well? Like, you're are you going to get a third head coaching hire? You shouldn't, uh, and he should be out if he fires his head coach with the head coach. But you could always talk yourself into. Well, what if we got going down the stretch with our interim coach and I could say, see, he was the problem, I guess. I mean, Nagy was on his way toward me feeling like he could be dismissed with the quarterback situation. But the change of heart, and I'm using air quotes for those of you listening on the <laughs> app, uh, where he was clearly dictated to and told, stop being absurd. We're, we're going to start the guy we just drafted in the top five who played okay, not Andy Dalton. Uh, that, I think, is going to help him because he's not continuing that charade. The guy on that list, if I had to make a bet, I don't feel good about any of these options, but would be Mike Zimmer. Like I think they're going to beat Detroit this weekend. I think they won't have any problems with the Lions. But I've long thought Mike Zimmer as a head coach was kind of in over his head. He's an awesome defensive coordinator, although you wouldn't know it from watching his defenses the last couple of years. Uh, but he is kind of an antiquated NFL guy as far as I'm concerned it's a lot of running straight ahead on third and one and you can tell me he doesn't call plays but if you think he doesn't have anything to do with that you're crazy they run through offensive coordinators like water I'm sure it's because he's easy to deal with I'm not a big Mike Zimmer uh, Mike Zimmer guy and uh, I'd be surprised if they don't get it together 
uh, if he doesn't pay the price. By the way, run through something like water. That analogy didn't make sense, right? That's not a thing. Run through something like water. I mean, I, I, I guess I guess that could work. I don't I, think that I, was I, what I was having, searching for. I mean, I, that, that that could work. It's not. I haven't used that one before, but I, we can roll with it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that makes no sense, but we'll take it and we'll act like it. We'll act like the perfect saying that's famous from a movie or something. That's right. Yeah, that's that's all. I mean, yeah, you heard it. You heard it. You were probably watching. You know, the, maybe it was in the new Bond movie or something. I'm sure it was yeah, in the, the exactly. Bond movie that just came out. Something like that. Uh, this it was is the actually. Sunday spread. I forgot about that. It was. You're right. <laughs> it's the Sunday spread. He's Grant Paulson. I'm Alex Gold here on BetQL. Of course, uh, you're able to watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, the Odyssey app at BetQL app on Twitter. Let's go around the league. We do it every week in a full slate, of course, here in week five. And I'll be honest, Jets plus two and a half at Atlanta. It's in London. It's a 930 kick for you out east. It's 830 in the morning uh, for for me here in central time. Uh, The alarm will not be set on on Sunday morning. If I wake up, you know, just in time for kickoff, so be it. This is not a game where I'm dying to watch. The total is at 45 and a half. And can the Jets win two in a row, Grant? They beat the Titans last week. Atlanta's without Calvin Ridley, didn't make the trip. Also, Russell Gage dealing with an illness. This is a banged-up Atlanta team. I think the Jets have a chance to win two straight. They absolutely have a chance to do it. I wouldn't bet on it. I would bet on Atlanta. Oh, this game you just stay away from. Right. Just stay away from this game. Shame on you, by the way, for not being excited for this game. There's only 272 of these, bro. And then we got to wait a bunch of months. (laughs) You should be up. You should be eating your bacon and your eggs, and you should be watching football. I think breakfast and football is about as good as it gets. Uh, But, yeah, I I am not going to put any money down on this game. Bad teams in another country at a weird time, no thank you. All of those things say (laughs) don't invest in this game. We were just talking about the Vikings. Lions 0-4, Vikings 1-3, Minnesota lays 10. Detroit is 2-2 against the spread. They've played some decent teams pretty tough, but they're coming off their worst game of the year. 10-point loss to the Bears. Remember, it was just a couple of weeks ago they had Baltimore on the ropes and a record kick beat them at the horn. For Minnesota, they are 6-0 and against Detroit during the Kirk Cousins era, and most of those wins have been pretty decisive victories as well. For all the faults we discussed with Zimmer, a 31-16 after a loss. His teams normally bounce right back. They've hovered around 500. One reason why is they haven't stayed down for very long after they lose. Yeah, you got I mean, this is one you have to have if you're Mike Zimmer. You were you were talking about him. You mentioned with the coaching and everything. And this is one you have to have. There's no excuse. The Vikings are the more talented team here. Absolutely. I think if you're Kirk Cousins and you look at your performance so far this season, uh, you, you, you should have a few more wins under your belt. I don't think the Vikings have actually played as poorly as their record would suggest at this point in time. Next up here on around the league, the New Orleans Saints, excuse me, minus two and a half at Washington, the Saints lost to the Giants last week. Love that result. Uh, but I'm going to hand this one off to you. You cover this Washington football team. What's the feeling around this one? Well, they're catching two and a half at home. I think people like the vibe generally coming off of a win. Both of their victories have come last three weeks where they were trailing in the final seconds and Taylor Heineke let them down the field for points. So the idea is you keep it close and Heineke might be able to do that again. The Saints are a good defense, though. The only really good defense Heineke's had to play this season is Buffalo, and they he threw two picks, should have been three. Another one was taken back by penalty. Kind of got exposed a little bit. So people are excited to see him against a better defense. Albeit the Saints did give up 485 and a 75-touchdown drive in overtime, and they lost to the Giants last week. This line opened at one and a half and has moved, I think, mostly because 
Washington's without Logan Thomas, their number two option in the passing game. Brandon Scherf, they're all pro guards, not going to play either. Saints have done a nice job responding to you know mediocre or worse performances this year. So I actually like New Orleans and two and a half points being covered here. But there are plenty of people in town who feel like the Washington's catching New Orleans at a good time. Next up, how about we go down to Houston? New England minus eight and a half at the Texans. The total set at 39 and a half. I mean, this is a New England team. All the the, the hoopla last week, losing at home to, to Tampa Bay, and I think a New England performance that is still somewhat impressed some people considering everybody thought that that might have been a blowout against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady's return. But looking at Houston, I mean, you're going up against Bill Belichick. You're a rookie quarterback. Good luck. That never fares out well for you whatsoever and offensively they're abysmal I mean Brandon Cooks okay has 369 yards receiving nobody else on the roster has 10 receptions or 100 yards receiving this offense does nothing and now you have Bill Belichick and his defense is reason why the total is tied for the lowest of the week at 39 and a half points I, I like New England here in this game to win but I think I'm more on the total I don't like the spread eight and a half points New England's offense isn't great either I like the total uh, under 39 and a half. Uh, they have not hit, speaking of the Patriots, in over one time this season. And now they're playing a team quarterbacked by Davis Mills, So I think slightly better than you are at this point. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the under. I also like New England and the points that they're uh, going to have to cover by. I'm, I'm just not sure after watching that Texans game last week how they move the ball or how they score. But sometimes things change pretty fast in this league. Let's go to Tampa Bay, a matchup of a couple teams in Florida. The 1-3 Dolphins, the 3-1 and one Bucks. They're coming off of that dramatic and emotional win you just talked about with a ball hitting the uprights you know, against the New England Patriots. Tom Brady's return last week. Dolphins get 9.5 in this game, and they'll need them. Miami is the worst offense in the NFL, about four yards per play. Uh, they haven't really, I don't think, looked worse anecdotally going to Jacoby Brissett, but the problem is they don't have the quarterback of the future on that roster. It doesn't seem like right now they'll need some more maybe uh, data points from Tua to, to make sure uh, that that's the case. Uh, but meanwhile, the Bucks they gave up minus one rushing yard in New England last week. They're going to shut down the run. They're going to force Brissett to throw it. Uh, their secondary is decimated, and so he should be able to. Might be a chance for a little backdoor cover for the Dolphins. Miami's offense, I mean, they're at 15 and a half points per game is so far. I mean, that's second to last in the league. Their offense is struggling. I'm with you, though, that Tua versus Jacoby Brissett hadn't been much of a difference overall with what they've been getting there. But Tampa Bay uh, down, uh, taking on the Dolphins. Uh, last one here around the league. And, of course, we'll still get to our Sunday studs and our pick six coming up in a little bit. But Green Bay on the road in Cincinnati. The Packers minus three. Total at 50 and a half. Joe Mixon for the Bengals has an ankle injury. We'll see if he actually plays in this one. And can Joe Burrow and the Bengals prove they kind of belong in this conversation in the AFC? That's what, to me, is on the line in this game. They're coming off that Thursday night win at home against Jacksonville, as we pointed out when we were talking about Urban Meyer. But are they for real or not? This is a great test. The line, and when you just look at it at minus three, you say, all right, Packers minus three. It's Cincinnati. It's a no-brainer. Some, something's off here a little bit with this one. I, I think this is going to surprise some people. This is one of those where maybe the public takes a bloodbath because the public's all over Green Bay minus three. Could very well be the case. Green Bay's one in covered three straight weeks. They're on a heater. Sometimes I like that momentum when uh, you got a team that's been better over the last few years playing a team trying to prove itself. 
That is a little look around the league. It's the Sunday spread. He's Grant Paulson. I'm Alex Gold here on BetQL. Coming up next, we get to our pick six. And oh, yeah, those Sunday studs. Welcome back to the Sunday spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. We'll get to our Sunday studs coming up in just a second here on the Sunday spread. He's Grant Paulson. I'm Alex Gold. Grant, what did you think? You, you guys in Washington took on, on the Bills a couple weeks ago. Uh, I stole an idea from you that then you guys took from Bills Mafia and the Chiefs here in Kansas City are taking on uh, the Bills this week. And so I, I jumped through a table. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, we um, So you went one step further, which I liked. We made our producer – put on a football helmet when he did it. You got in an absolute full football <laughs> uniform, and you looked like you kicked at the local high school. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's what I would have been, Grant. I, first time I think in my life I ever put on football pads, to be completely honest with you. Well, first of all, that's hilarious. Um, secondly, though, <laughs> I give you credit. Notice I said our producer. I didn't jump through that damn table. Now, it was my <laughs> idea to send him through the table, but it was our producer that went through the table. So the fact that you did it and your producer didn't, I tip my cap, sir. It was uh, – you got quite quite the rush out of it. So the, the folding table well, was Well, I'll tell no you, match. it's got to be the best relief in the world when, you, when that thing crushes and you hop up, that adrenaline's got you feeling good and you're not in a whole lot of pain. I mean, his face, you could just tell, it's like the weight of the world was lifted off his shoulders. I could kind of see it with you as well. You were happy to <laughs> be back standing with a table broken next to you. That's right. There was no faith. Nobody on my show, none of the listeners had much faith in me actually breaking the table. So it was, it was, a, it was the perfect, perfect deal there. Obviously, Bill's Mafia with their fun tailgating traditions. But let's get to it. We've got our favorite bets of the week. It's time for the pick six. The pick six. All right, I'll start things off, Grant. How about the Philadelphia Eagles taking on those Carolina Panthers on the road? The Eagles plus three. That's my play. Jalen Hurts showed some signs of development again last week, and people are going to discount it because he was going up against the terrible Chiefs defense. But I think Jalen Hurts, if you take a look at how he started his career, might be very underrated and appreciated actually with what he's been able to do individually. While the, the wins aren't there from his football team, a wide variety of reasons for that, but he's also playing behind a banged up offensive line but I came away impressed with that defense of Philadelphia just in terms of their ability to get some pressure on the quarterback they're they're going to go up against a Panthers defense that everybody has been talking about and rightfully so but a Panthers defense that really did struggle against the Dallas Cowboys the other angle here and why I like Philadelphia it to cover against Carolina and I think Carolina should be on a little bit of an upset alert here uh, against the Eagles is the Panthers really struggled to protect Sam Darnold last week. They gave up five sacks to the Dallas Cowboys. And that's one area in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback where Philadelphia can do that with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave. So I, I believe Philadelphia plus three at Carolina. And then, as I said last week with the, the Giants and the Saints, I'd sprinkle a little bit on the money line here as well. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Hurts just yet. I just need more sample. I feel really good about him being able to play in the league. You know, he could be a second division starter, as we're seeing. Obviously, a great backup for a championship team. Is he a starter when they're a first division club playing playoff games? I'm not convinced of that. I, I thought he really struggled against the Cowboys in primetime. There have been a few games like that. I actually tend to think that quarterbacks normally have pretty good games against the Chiefs like he did last week. You should. 
it's an awful defense and you're chasing the game for the most part. So it's a really comfortable setting. I mean, their defense doesn't get any stops and you're behind. So you get to throw it constantly and put up some numbers. So that game didn't reveal much as far as hurts to me. Uh, but I am curious to see more of him uh, to, to continue to get some data points. Uh, the game I'll start with is New England minus eight and a half against the Texans. I don't love covering eight and a half here with this offense, which is just not that good. But I think the Texans are that bad. Before the season started, the prevailing wisdom was this team is going to be horrendous. And every week it could be an embarrassment. And then they were actually very solid for the first couple weeks. Tyrod Taylor had them playing a really respectable level of football. Davis Mills at quarterback is a completely different thing. I mean, he is not ready to play in this league. And their offense the last two weeks has been tumultuous. Not only that, you got to go back to the fact that uh, they got shut out and lost by 40 points. So covering eight and a half feels a little better when that was the case one week ago. Yeah, it's just simple. Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. I mean, good, good luck, Davis Mills. It's been rough enough for you already. And right. now and you not have just to any go rookie quarterback. Belichick. How about a, a rookie quarterback who has no business playing right now? Right, right. No question. And, and look, if, if Tyrod Taylor was in this game, what do you think the spread is? Let, let's say if Tyrod was playing, what do you think? Is it is it worth three points? Is he worth three points? Is he worth two points? Is it six and a half instead of eight and a half? It's a good question. I mean, I would think so, yes, because he runs the offense better. He can make plays with his feet. They were respectable. Now, I think they were going to regress anyway, but you add to the natural regression after the first couple weeks, the fact that you've gone from NFL caliber, you know, 28th best quarterback, whatever he is, to maybe the 78th best quarterback or something in the league. It just, it's a disaster for them. All right, next up in the pick six for me, going to go to the AFC West here. The Chargers hosting the Cleveland Browns. The Chargers minus two and a half at FanDuel. It's down to two in some other places, so I have not put this bet in. I wanted to see uh, if that becomes an option at FanDuel if it goes down to two, but even at two and a half, that'll be the play at least for the for the show and likely what I'll end up putting in anyway. But Baker's shoulder injury is to me an all-year thing. This isn't an issue that's going to go away overnight. That's number one here, and also I'm all in on the Chargers. I'm a big believer and Justin Herbert, he's the real deal. Brandon Staley, their head coach, is the real deal. They hit, I think they struck gold when it came to their head coaching hire. I know it's only four weeks, but just hearing him talk yet again this week about his philosophies and also making sure you have a little bit of a run game to go with the passing game in terms of more the, the physicality than everything else and what that does to a defense. Their defense, by the way, is a has allowed more than 17 points only once this season, and that was the win against the Chiefs, but they forced five turnovers in the past two games. This Chargers team is the real deal, one of the top contenders now in the AFC. I really like them, minus two and a half at home against Cleveland. Yeah, I love the Chargers like you do in this game and all season long. My nerves and the reason I stay off of it is the Browns have the best defense in the game. Not statistically. I mean, there are a couple defenses that are better, but theirs is the best. The last two weeks, they held the Chicago Bears to a net yard passing, and then they held a Minnesota Vikings offense that had been tremendous to seven points, and they looked completely lost. They harassed Kirk Cousins. They shut down the top wide receivers. Nobody got open. They couldn't run the ball with Dalvin Cook. Like This defense, led by Miles Garrett, who's the defensive player of the year right now, in my opinion, has been unbelievable. And I think they're going to give the Chargers some fits they haven't seen yet. So I could see them stealing the game, but I kind of like the play there. 
Uh, I'm going to go with a pick just based on a number being way too big for me. I just mentioned the Vikings. They're 10-point favorites. What have they done this season to earn being a 10-point favorite? I don't really get that. I understand Kirk Cousins is playing very well. I expect him to play very well again. He's played well a lot. They lost to the Bengals when he played really well in overtime. Uh, they lost to the Cardinals when he played really well because their kicker missed the chip shot. Minnesota is one of these teams that kind of keeps the opponent in the game. They're just a, a like a middling club, and it's hard for me to cover 10 points with one of those teams. I know they're the best 1-3 and three team in football, but at some point, you're 1-3 because you don't capitalize on a lot of those opportunities. And I don't trust Mike Zimmer enough to pour it on when they get a lead. I think he's going to line everybody up with multiple tight ends and have a bunch of shoving matches like it's 1906. Uh, and he's going to say, look over here, you see, wise guy. We're going to try to score 14 today and win this game, you see? Because that's kind of the football that he belongs in and loves. If you are the Vikings, why are you playing Dalvin Cook in this game? I know he says he can play through this ankle injury. Don't play him. They don't need him in this one. Maybe if you're if you're hoping they cover the, the 10 if you're a Vikings backer, but Alexander Madison can do more than enough in this game to get you a win. I think they should give Dalvin Cook the week off. I know a lot of fantasy players out there and those that might be backing the Vikings this week don't want to hear that, but I don't get the idea of playing him when Minnesota has Carolina next week. That's when you want Well, Dalvin I'll push Cook back healthy. on that a little bit only because – their season's on the line. Like, I'm not saying because their upcoming schedule, they have a chance to make the, you know, they're going to have a good chance to make the playoffs, but they're a good one and three team. You get to two and three today, you start, you know, seeing what happens, basically. You lose today, it's curtains. So if Dalvin Cook is healthy enough to play, there's no rest here. You've lost the luxury of resting your best I mean, players. I'm with you. I I, I'm with you. It's just to me, like it, your season. If you can't find a way to beat the Lions without Dalvin Cook either, like you're you're nothing. You're, you're nothing anyway. I get I get what you're saying. To me, it just works works both ways on that a little bit. Yeah, I just all hands on deck. This is a must-have game, or we're talking about where they're going to be drafting. So I pay Dalvin Cook a ton of money. I don't pay him a ton of money to rest him with my season on the line. Next up on the pick six, I'm going to a high-scoring affair in Kansas City. The Chiefs and the Bills, the total set at 56-and-a-half. This is another one where, where I would hold off a little bit until you get closer to kickoff on Sunday night to place your bet because I think the line can only go down. I don't see the line going up. I think the total can only go down. There's a chance, you know how meteorologists are, but there's a chance of rain suddenly on Sunday night, which could impact this game a little bit. It's not a guarantee. The Chiefs defense flat-out stinks. Chris Jones is questionable, hasn't practiced since earlier in the week. As mentioned, this is the over-under that's the highest of the season, and the Bills have had a little issue moving the, moving the change. <clears throat> Excuse me, moving yeah. the chains as well. I, I like the over, Grant. I love that. I'm with you. I think the over is a good play in this game. Um, and, yeah, it's a good read. I mean, you obviously have the Chiefs covered being in KC, but the, the Bills – this game's going to be a blast. I can't wait to watch it. It's the one seed this week in Sunday Night Football. Back-to-back -back weeks get some gems to put up some huge ratings. Uh, I'll round out our pick six then real quick with looking at my own home game as well here in the nation's capital. I like the Saints to cover minus two and a half. Uh, if they had not lost to the Giants last week, I believe I would feel a lot differently about this game. But they let that game get away. If you go back and watch it, they were up 11 in the fourth quarter. They lose in overtime to a team they'd outplayed until late. Uh, I think that they're going to respond to that. Sean Payton's going to have them motivated. They can't afford to drop consecutive games in the NFC East to teams they're better than. Uh, I think they go to FedEx Field. Their defense plays well. 
Jameis protects the football. Uh, and this is, by the way, an abysmal Washington football team defense for Sean Payton to try to move the ball against. One thing I'll say is, can they throw to Alvin Kamara a couple times? He was not targeted <laughs> last week for the first time in his career, which is preposterous and should never happen. Yeah, I don't know how with that kind of talent, why that is something that you can even think about getting through a football game with. Those are our pick six. Those are the teams. It's on to the players in the Sunday studs. The Sunday Spread presents the Sunday Studs. All right, Grant, I'm going right back to that Texans game against the New England Patriots in Davis Mills under 189 and a half passing yards. I mean, we hit on a lot of this. It's Belichick against him. 87 yards last week on a 21 attempts, four interceptions, was sacked three times. They got 109 yards of total offense. 158 the week before, 102 the week before. He's one of the worst quarterbacks we've seen in a while in this league. He flat out sucks. Davis Mills under 189 and a half. Yeah, and and to be fair to him, like it's easy to pile on. He's a kid. He's a nail fight with no experience on a terrible team who shouldn't be playing, thrown into action. They got a quarterback who did some allegedly terrible things this offseason who's nowhere to be found, and another guy who's hurt. He should be a third quarterback, so it's not his fault. If they wanted to play me and pay me, I would say yes, and I would look really bad, and you'd make fun of me on the radio. So uh, I'd be betting I'm against you. you every week too, Grant. Well, you should. I wouldn't <laughs> put up 189 yards either. I don't like betting against passing totals for teams that are going to be chasing the game, though. And that's like he's going to get. I a know, lot but I'm with you. But time. he just had. They haven't. Even, they've been chasing last week. They were down 42. You know, they lost 42 yeah, nothing, and he still I get it. only. <laughs> yeah, number one defense in the league, but I get it. And that's why the, the bet is a good bet. I, I don't dislike it at all. I'm just saying generally, I don't love that, but Davis Mills isn't generally. Uh, give me Cole Beasley over 52 and a half yards. I don't think the Chiefs defense can stop anybody. I think the Bills are going to have to throw the ball. I think they will also possibly be chasing the game a little bit. I could see Josh Allen throwing for like 340, and you got to spread the ball around. So I thought about Diggs. His total's really, really high. So give me their steady slot receiver. Every other week, he's been awesome. Um, 53 yards for him is like five catches. I think he does that in this game. Any wide receiver against Kansas City, I, I can't hate the bet whatsoever. One quick one for you as well. How about Damian Williams? Just anytime touchdown score is plus 145. It's a rookie quarterback making a start, of course, in Justin Fields. And with David Montgomery out of the picture, I, I think there's absolutely uh, an opportunity there, Grant, for Damian Williams to get a touchdown. I could see it. I'll, I just mentioned Kamara. I want to double down on my thought. So last week he was not targeted once. Washington just lost their linebacker, John Bostic. He's out for the year. They do not cover well in the linebacking core. Kamara they're using as some thumper workhorse. He had 26 attempts last week. He's on pace for like top five in the league. He's never been top 15 in the league in rushing attempts. Go back to what works with Alvin Kamara. Throw him the football. I think he could go like seven for 75 this week against Washington. You and I are dead even with our Sunday studs. Let's get that thing rolling this week in week five. Up next, though, a couple monster games in the NFL. It's time to take a look at the spotlight games. It's the Sunday spread here on BetQL. Welcome back to the Sunday spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. All right, of course, we'll give you our Hail Marys of the week before we leave you here on the Sunday spread. Thanks for hanging out with us on BetQL. He's Grant Paulson. 
I'm Alex Gould. We uh, take a look at some of these spotlight games for the week and start with the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night football heading to Kansas City. The Bills, three-point underdogs. This line has kind of fluctuated a little bit. It's been down to two and a half in some places as well. FanDuel currently Buffalo uh, plus three, uh, the total at 56 and a half. We already talked a little bit about the total, Grant. But this game, big picture, is fascinating. To me, this will set the narrative for the rest of the season for both of these teams. If you are Kansas City and you lose this game at home, you would have lost to the Chargers, one of the top contenders in the AFC, the Ravens, a contender, and then the Buffalo Bills. No longer can anybody try to make the case that the Chiefs at this point would be one of the best teams in the AFC. You just can't do it. And it makes it nearly impossible for the Chiefs to get the number one seed with the loss. You start doing the math head-to-head with the Bills. They would have lost the tiebreaker, of course. The Bills would have a three-game lead on you. And I struggle to find three more losses after this one if the Bills don't lose on their schedule. So it's just massive, massive implications for how people are going to perceive both these teams. If Kansas City wins then it's okay, all right, uh, people are jumping back on the bandwagon for Kansas City. Yes, the defense is a problem, but they, they found a way to recover. They've won two in a row, including one against Buffalo. Yeah, there's a, a lot of things about this game that fascinate me, but I love the matchups on both sides of the ball. You know, Buffalo's offense has not been as good as we thought it was going to be coming into the year. And I think a misleading stat is that they rank seventh in the NFL in yards per game. They're actually 18th this season in yards per play which in my opinion is a much better metric so they're below average in the nfl kind of the back end of the first half of the league if you will uh they're better than that and they need to play better than that they run the ball really really well not in terms of volume necessarily but they are eighth in yards per play when they run it at four and a half where they have struggled some you finally saw stefan Diggs go over 100 yards is their down the field passing game and some of the things that made josh allen an mvp candidate last year well, enter the Kansas City Chiefs secondary, which cannot stop anybody. Uh, they are the 20th ranked passing team in yards per play. I think they have a chance to fix some issues here. Now, will they do that at the same time as winning a game? I'm not convinced of that. But they protect the football pretty well. Josh Allen is sixth in interception rate. They do a, do a good job keeping his jersey clean. Only one quarterback situation better in terms of sack this year than Josh Allen, who gets sacked about 3% of the time. So I like this matchup for the Bills offense to get where they need to go and start to move the football through the air a little better. Uh, The number one defense in the league statistically this season is the Buffalo Bills, and they get this Chiefs offense. I think good offense normally beats good defense. The rules are just set up for you to move the ball pretty easily. So I think this is a game where both teams are in the upper 20s or low 30s. I think the Chiefs are a few points better in the end, but I actually think it will help Buffalo a ton to get this offense on track throwing the football this week, regardless of the outcome. Right, and, and points are going to be scored in the game. There's no question. My, my only thing with Buffalo, and this is a litmus test for both teams, but is that Buffalo defense. You're right, they're number one in scoring defense, and they very well may be one of the better defenses in football, but I struggle when I see who they have played to know if they're that legit of a defense. They've, they've gone up against the Dolphins and the Texans here recently. They, they somehow lost to Big Ben week one. But Tua, Jacoby Brissett, Davis Mills, Ben Roethlisberger, these are the type of quarterbacks they've been going up against. So I'm, I'm still a little skeptical about this defense of the Bills, uh, but this is going to be a high-scoring affair on Sunday night. I cannot wait for this game. Yeah, it's going to be great. My favorite game of the slate, though, is the Browns and the Chargers, Alex. And Cleveland is in L.A. to take on a Chargers team that appears to have found their quarterback of the next 10 years and their head coach – 
to usher them into winning football for a long time to come. I love Brandon Staley. I think analytically, he's just tremendous. And he's a savant when it comes to scheme. This is a guy who's played on the offensive side of the ball, who coached the defensive side of the ball. He's got a really good feel for the game, I think, overall to go along with the fact that he uses the numbers to guide his decisions, which is what you should be doing. Uh, at this point in the National Football League. I did see the worst tweet I've ever seen in my life, and I actually, for some reason, took personal offense to it, and I don't know why. (laughs) I think it was like Fox NFL or Fox Sports. Someone put out this tweet where they said, who you taking moving forward? And it was a picture of Baker Mayfield and Justin Herbert. You know, a guy who's kind of okay, who hands the ball off to Nick Chubb a lot, and the guy who looks like he's going to be an elite quarterback for 10 years. Like, please stop doing things just to have people argue in the comment section. That was the dumbest tweet I've seen in a long time. One is really good, and the other is Baker Mayfield. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do think the Browns are going to hang in this game. They've got maybe as good a defense as there is in football right there with the Bills that we just talked about. They've got weapons for Baker Mayfield to throw to, who's not 100%, and they got that awesome running game. So this is going to be nip and tuck. I'm staying away from this game, but, uh, man, the Chargers are fun to watch with all their size at receiver and Herbert throwing the football. No, they are. They're the real deal. And I, I agree 100% with everything you said about Brandon Staley. It has been fun to watch. And I think, you know, I myself included had a lot of questions about that higher uh, defensive minded coach when you have such a talented quarterback. But man, three, you know, four weeks into this season, it looks like Brandon Staley is the real deal and his thought process and why he does certain things. And certainly it helps you know what, when you're aggressive, when you have that quarterback, but that's, that's part of it. Some of these coaches we see, you, you, you know, I'll, I'll go to Thursday night football. And unfortunately, Russell Wilson now is going to be out for a while, as we know, surgery on that finger. But, you know, Pete Carroll finally went for a fourth down and he didn't utilize his best weapon. Russell Wilson, he decided to hand it off to a backup running back. Like Brandon Staley's not only going for it, but he's putting the ball in the hands of his best player, Justin Herbert, who I think by the end of this season Grant, maybe you disagree. Consensus will be that he is a top five, top six quarterback in the NFL. He's the real deal. You know my pick, though. I, I told you I like the Chargers minus two and a half here. I'm really concerned about Baker Mayfield with the injury the rest of the season in terms of impacting his accuracy. They have the running game. They've got a great defense. Miles Garrett is just ridiculous. But I wonder about Baker Mayfield and his health going forward and including on Sunday against these Chargers. So I understand the concern because his accuracy against the Vikings last week was a big problem. I have to imagine that that's not what this is going to look like. I mean, frankly, if if that's how he's going to play, then he's probably not healthy enough to be on the field. I think last week was both something wrong with the shoulder and he didn't play particularly well. So we're talking a lot about the shoulder now. I'm sure he's hurt. I'm not denying that. The guy's playing through pain. He's a tough dude. I actually like Baker Mayfield as a guy, but he has been the most overrated quarterback in football for a few years for me. They're probably going to give him $40 million, which is hilarious. Uh, I think that he's going to look a lot better than he did against the Vikings because that was a 15 for 33 performance where he was just missing wide open receivers. If that's a thing that's just, oh, this is what he is while he's hurt, then he can't be playing right now. Is Case Keenum still their backup? Then you have to play that guy. I mean, that, that, What they just did is unsustainable. And in a game like this, you're putting so much pressure on your defense. Like You're not going to be able to keep up with the Chargers or some high-octane offense if he's going to be a 55% quarterback and he can't hit anybody more than 10 yards downfield because he's hurt. Then you can't play, period. I mean, you're a defense and running team anyway. 
Keenum can hand the ball off and watch Miles Garrett hit quarterbacks on the sideline. Let him do it. The next game on our spotlight games here on the Sunday spread. He's Grant Paulson. I'm Alex Gold. Is the NFC West showdown. It's the 49ers, five-and-a-half-point dogs at Arizona. Of course, the Cardinals, the only undefeated team in football. The total at 48-and-a-half, and it's the starting debut for Trey Lance. That's because Jimmy Garoppolo has that calf injury. This is uh, the first for, final game before the bye week, I should say, for the 49ers, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this impacts – Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback competition. I mean, isn't this pretty simple, Grant, for you? If Trey Lance looks not just competent but plays above average in this game and then he gets a bye week to fine-tune some things before they come back the following week, it, it makes it awfully difficult for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, with that said, if Trey Lance has a rough go, Jimmy Garoppolo gets healthy, I think, I think they're willing to still go back to him. But this is a great opportunity for Trey Lance against, right now, record-wise, the best team in football. I don't think Arizona's really the best team in football, but they are record-wise. It's a heck of a test for him. Absolutely. You know, I haven't really thought much about that, but you're 100% right. If he plays well, then you got to continue to start him. I mean, that's just an easy thing. I, I think the bar, though, let's just as an example, the threshold for Justin Fields when he got his chance because of the Andy Dalton injury was lower than what Lance has to do. I think Lance has to be Agreed. better than, say, what Fields was last week where he was inconsistent but made some nice flash plays and some nice throws, and you go, all right, let's let him learn. Let's let him go through ruts on the field. Like This is not that in San Francisco. They're trying to win. Garoppolo's actually played okay, in my opinion. I know that you're not really allowed to say that, but he's been fine for them. He hasn't been the biggest problem. Uh, but if Trey Lance is making plays with his feet and bringing a dynamic to the game that – you don't get from Garoppolo and he's making smart reads and he's not turning the ball over, then it's going to be absolutely a decision that Kyle Shanahan has to make. I mean, he's a weapon. He's a playmaker. That's what that position is coming now. Like the MVP of the league at this moment seems like Kyler Murray. He does a great job throwing from the pocket, but he presents problems with his feet. And anymore, it's not good enough to just stand in the pocket and throw, I don't think, for a lot of offensive minds and play callers. So uh, if you look at Murray, though, on the other side of this thing, 13 big-time throws, according to PFF. Only Brady, Carr, and Wilson have more this season. And he's done that while keeping his turnover-worthy plays to three. One of the things I harp on on this show a lot is you know, how often are you putting the ball in harm's way. Early in the year, he was doing that. Pretty sure he's gone two or three straight games without a turnover-worthy play since they played Minnesota now. So I just love the way uh, he's playing, and it's why the Cardinals are undefeated. Trey Lance, the prop, by the way, for his rushing total, 46 and a half yards. I like, I like that a lot in this game. I think there's an opportunity uh, for Trey Lance, even if he struggles to throw the ball at all against Arizona, but an opportunity to, to get over that 46 and a half yards. But we wrap up the show each and every week here on the Sunday Spread. It's time to throw it long. It's time for our Hail Marys. It's now time for the Hail Mary. All right. Came very close very close last week for one of our long shot I think you as well if I'm not mistaken I was uh two yards away from Josh Allen cashing in a bet for me he was two yards away I needed Allen Heineke and Darnold to go over 250 yards passing Allen finished with 248 but this week I'm going uh back to the quarterbacks plus 1100 Tom Brady against the Dolphins Kirk Cousins against Detroit Aaron Rodgers against Cincinnati combined for 11 plus passing touchdowns a long shot for a reason but i just need one of them to throw four uh, yeah 
four or five, and you're in good shape. Uh, Devontae Adams, leading all receivers. I can get the number one wide receiver in football to lead all receivers in yards. Packers, Bengals, I'm going to take it. Got that at plus 1,400. That's my Hail Mary. That does it for us here in week five of the Sunday spread. He's Grant Paulson. I'm Alex Gold. We'll talk to you next week here on BetQL.